What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Comeback Couples Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Jennison, with my lovely wife, Kendra Jennison. And today, oh, I'm going to give a special shout out today. Oh, okay. So, Alexis in Phoenix, in Phoenix is school. He's like, he's like my number one fan, as all his friends tell me, right? So, Alexis, if you're out there listening to this thing, I need you to run around school and show all your friends because you are the man. Also, your shirt, well, brought it home and then Kendra washed it. So, it became her shirt now. So, sorry <laughs> about that, but. Anyways, I want to start that off with a little shout out to that kid. That was he's gonna in, love it because the topic today is gonna to be about parenting. All right. Remember, I told you I wanted to talk. And and here's specifically what I want to talk about: the biggest failure. And I think we may have touched base on this one time, or at least I've thought about it plenty of times. But the biggest mistake that I think a parent can make is not knowing who their children say. are. So today, I actually want to give some like advice on how we know our kids, sure. right? Some of those games and some of those things that, um, I, I guess how we gamified it, if you will, to be able to make it more fun to get to know them and interacting. So we'll save that for the end. But what, before I jump into it, right, I'm just going to talk about where this comes from. I cannot stand like Disney dads. Me either. Right. I cannot stand Disney dads. I cannot stand Disney Mom, moms as Disney, well. Disney moms. I don't know. I was coming up. I was trying to come up with a better name than Disney moms, but like I'm talking about just paycheck moms, maybe. But like, <laughs> and what I mean by that is like you don't have kids. Like, I don't know. I, I could go down a either way here because we do co-parenting. This isn't a jab specific on anybody ver, versus an overall arching. Just what I fucking hate. I I get on Facebook. It's one thing to say you're a an amazing parent, right? I think that people want to talk about the accolades being an amazing parent. And they want to post the pictures on Facebook about how awesome they are and how the toy that they bought them and the, you know, I like to do all that shit too, right? But you're not doing it for, you're doing it for attention. Mm -hmm. And like more often than not, when I see these parents, they know nothing about their fucking kids. And I think in my own world, like Facebook didn't exist, but thinking about one of the biggest mistakes that my parents made was like, they don't even know me. They They don't even know who I am. They don't know why I operate. They didn't know who I became. They didn't know when I, <clears throat> when I started drinking, we're, we're going to talk about alcohol a little bit, right? Like I started drinking at a young age, started doing drugs at a, at a young age, started getting in trouble at a young age, started fucking being hateful of myself at a very, very young age, right? Nobody took the time to actually know who I was. I, I was just there, mm-hmm. right? So we had two different, two complete different childhoods. We did. Growing up, right? Yet somehow we ended up together and I feel like we've been able to take this yin yang effect to parenting, right? Where I don't necessarily know all the moves and neither do you, but we figure it out as we go. How, what's your thought of that? What what do you think? What do you think the biggest fucking failure a parent like can make by not knowing their kids? What do you think it does them to the future of their kids? Yeah. It's so hard to say one specific thing because all children are different. As us parents know, there is not one manual how to raise your kids, but definitely not knowing or not trying to figure out who your kids are, what they're interested in, how they operate, what they're scared of, um, what makes them tick, what makes them, you know, I definitely, I definitely think that's a mistake to not try to venture down that avenue. You only, you only get one shot for your kids to grow up. You know what I mean? And, and I take, I personally take that with such severity being a parent. I do. I've, I always have it. It's like, as soon as I became a mom, it was like, okay, I only get one shot at this. I have to, not only do I have to be the, be the best 
for me, this is what I'm talking about for me, like internally, I wanted to be the best mom. I wanted to be the most present mom. I wanted to make sure that on top of loving and understanding and guiding my children that I was preparing them for the world, you know, cause there does get to, uh, there does get to a point where mm-hmm. I, and, and we both kind of go back and forth, but I don't, I, I don't believe that doing everything for the kids is best. I, I don't believe that, you know, I, I like them to figure things out on their own to know that no matter what, I'm always going to be here to support and to guide them and to pick them back up and be like, okay, Hey, let's try again. You know, I think there's a difference between like doing everything for them and knowing them. Sure. Yeah. I think knowing them helps figure out what to do and what not to do for them. Well, that's what I was just going to say. So in, in, in that, cause it's going to happen in life, right? Where, where you venture down that Avenue. And if you don't know who your kids are, if you don't know the little things now in the big things you're not ever going to know because they're not ever going to come to you. Why would they tell you? Exactly. Why would they tell you? Exactly. You take it pretty far though, actually. I take it very serious. I take it, like I said, I- Sometimes I got to talk you off the ledge about you're being an awful mom. I'm like, not awful mom, but like I'm doing things wrong and then they're upset and I'm like, what the fuck? Kind Kind of like you in business where you just- you are like, you are your own worst critic. Like, what can I do better? It's always in the back of your mind. Like, okay, I can do this better. I can do this better. I can do this better. Right. That is how I take to parenting. There is never not one time where I hit the pillow at night and I'm not thinking in my head, okay, what could I have done better? I'm maybe I should have said it. And, and like I said, I'm not perfect. I don't ever intend to be a perfect parent. I know that's not the reality. I know it's not the reality for anybody, but I do just take it with such severity. Like I reflect every single night on every single day with the kids. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, okay, I have a whole new day like to make their life fucking awesome. That's the severity that I take with it. Yeah. And, and in that we do, we play little games. Our kids are young right now. Phoenix is actually getting older. He's teenager, 13. We have a 10 year old and we have an eight year old on Saturday. Yep. And things that we do daily, Besides, I make dinner every night. We sit down for dinner every single night together as a family. No phones, no TV on, no distractions, no nothing. Just us and our kids. And 99% of the time, all we do is listen to the kids. Mark and I sit across from each other and we just listen to these kids. They never back and shut forth, up. Back and forth. And then I'm like, Bailey, sit down and eat your dinner. Jade, quiet down a little bit. We're at the dinner table. I can hear you. Phoenix, quit slurping. Like, you know, <laughs> it is, it's just a very real, but we're together. And of course you always have the, what was, what was the best part of your day? And our kids will go around and it's just easy little things. Um, and then at nighttime, if we're cuddling on the couch, you know, just the other night we're going over Jade, she's 10 and just way too cool for life right now. And this is just the stage that she's in. And if you would have asked me two weeks ago, you know, Hey, if, if Jade would have came been like, mom, what's my favorite color two weeks ago? I would have been like, oh, it's teal. But now because she's 10 and much more mature than she was two weeks ago, it's tan, white, and, you know, black sure. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because uh, Outer Banks or whatever. Right. right. And it's just it, it's just these little things where we're asking, where, oh, how's school going? Or, or okay, how was this? Or who's your best friend this week? Or how are you liking soccer? Were, are, were you nice today? Did you help? So, like, all these things that, I just want to know that you just want to know because it is ever changing. There's a game. It's actually came from a place of anger when I developed this, this game, right? Not anger towards them, but just other shit going on in, sure. in our life. Right. But I, I asked a series of questions. I wanted a series of questions asked about Phoenix specifically to know 
if they were known. Mm-hmm. And we asked him to you, right? Yep. Remember, like, what's his basketball jersey number? Mm-hmm. What did he win second place in the decathlon, or I think it's called? Um, you know, what is what is the name of the movie that they that they're creating and mm-hmm. the characters and like things that you would have to know and participate in his life to actively know. Yeah, being an active parent, you will know these answers. Yep. And then, and what it, what's interesting about it is we did it. I just opened up that door just to kind of see, and then all of a sudden, the other kids wanted it too. Yep. Because they want to hear and talk about themselves. Yep. And, Kids love it. And, and I think just like every adult, the sweetest sound to pretty much any, like if you're in sales or business, or whatever, like the, it's very easy. If you ever wonder why people are calling you by the name, it's because it's like the sweetest sound to your ears ever. People want to be called by the name. Yep. They want to be called Mark. They want to be called Kendra. They want to feel like you're alongside them. So when you talk to your kids and like specifically with Jade, I mean, she loves this. Let's just be honest. Jade loves herself, right? Like she absolutely does. She, she loves, she loves the attention. She loves all that. So I cannot ask her enough questions about herself. About and herself. She, she loves to tell you the answers. Yep. And yep. what's cool about it is that by opening up these questions and spending the time, we were just laying on bed the other day. I mean, Phoenix was standing, you were next to me. I was on your side, I think. And Jade was laying across her. Maybe Phoenix was in the bed. I don't know where Bailey was, but to probably eat a snack somewhere. She shouldn't be eating it. But anyways, like they, the more that they opened up, the easier it is for them to just open up and talk to me. Yes. And then I'm able to slip in the conversations or the things in there to really kind of see what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. How's things going? How are you feeling? Because your dad's not here anymore. Yep. Right. What's going on at school that you were upset and you got pulled in the hall. Yep. Right. Like these little things, but they're not coming from a place of just, which you may or may not, may or may not even know I do it, but like a lot of the stuff is set up so that she can actually feel free and open to be able to communicate with me. Of course. And then it draws her in closer. I mean, with fee too, it's the same stuff. I mean, I had to unpack some stuff with him last night. hundred percent. You know, um, I wanted to add on top of it while we're talking about this. So here's the game. If you want to play it while you're listening, sit down, come up with like five, 10 things mm-hmm. and then ask your wife or your, if you're the wife, ask your husband about the kid yep. to see how well you really know. Him. So have your kid stand in the room with you. And it, so let's just pretend Jade was sitting right here yep. and, and I say, okay, Jade, I'm going to ask dad questions about you and let's see if dad can get these answers. Right. Dad, what's Jade's favorite color. Yep. And then Jade, you know, she sits there all bright eyed and bushy tailed and she's like, she's and then waiting and she wants it to get right. It makes her feel good. And then, yeah, it makes them feel so good when you know it, right? But it also is fun because when you get it wrong, they're like, oh, no, I don't like pink anymore. Pink's a lame color. I like tan. Or their like, food. Oh. The food. Or their food. The yeah. snacks, the food change. It's, it's crazy. Your best friend. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just a fun, easy. And right, like I said, right now, they're easy questions because our kids are young. And, you know, it is about your favorite color and your favorite food and your best friends and your favorite subject in school. And if you could have a favorite number or what's your favorite, it just, it's little things right now. But what we're really doing is by constantly and actively being in our kids' lives 24 seven is when shit does happen and when shit does go down and our kids do get in trouble or something puts them, they're in a bad situation or, or, and they're in a really super awesome situation. They're going to share it with us. Because they I want know. them to always be able to call yep. in the case of an emergency or something where they're even, I won't, I might be mad, right. but I'm not going to fucking smash them. Right. right? Like and I, I think that's a really important thing too. Just, just remember that because there's 
there's dickhead parents out there. I'm not going to lie. Where a child is going to share something about, you know, maybe your son's favorite color is right now light blue. And there's a dad out there that's going to be like, oh, what? That's a pussy color or whatever. You know what I mean? And just, I would hope to God that you would not do that. However, I know that's not the reality. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe your son is interested or maybe your daughter is interested in welding or your son is interested in soccer. And if you come back with a condescending or hurtful answer to your child opening up and being vulnerable with you, I guarantee you it's not going to be very often that your child opens up to you if you knock them down like that. Sure. So that's just a little. And to be clear, this isn't about like genders or any of that. So this is just about knowing your kids. I just want to make sure. I don't give a shit what your kid wants to do. Like just, it's about taking the time to fucking know who they are. Now, one of the things that's interesting, I want to talk about it because my parents don't know who I am, but your parents knew who you were. Mm -hmm. Now the difference is though, you came from a household where your dad drank. Yeah. Nobody drank in my household. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. So what was it like? Obviously, our audience, Mm -hmm. specifically the men, as this movement is growing into other pieces, but specifically with the men right now, they end up following me because of drinking. Yeah. That's why they show up here, right? So the idea is to help them become a better dad and understand that alcohol has actually pushed them further and further and further from being the man they're called to be and being the man you're called to be. It's to lead your family, draw the line of the sand, never cross it again, to be the fucking most powerful version of yourself possible. Now, you grew up in a place where old Papa Jojo was having a couple, two, three drinks every day, right? Or every weekend. Definitely every weekend. Every weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Did he still take the time to get to know you? So I'll tell you something really interesting. Um, like Marco was saying, I grew up, I had an amazing childhood. I have amazing, loving parents. Not once growing up did I ever feel like my parents didn't love me or understand me. Um, I'm forever grateful for that because I know that's not the situation for a lot of people. However, reflecting back on the childhood and you know, knowing my dad drank and knowing that my dad also ran a business, you know, he owned a heating and cooling company. So he was busy with that. My mom was a stay at home mom. My dad and I had a great relationship. Okay. There was nothing. My dad, honestly, I don't think my dad ever yelled at me in my, my whole life. Okay. But my dad never connected with me in the things that I enjoyed doing. It was always like my dad enjoyed fishing. My dad enjoyed hunting. My childhood was hunting and fishing because that's what my dad enjoyed doing. Sure. So if he would have if he would have came up to me because he knew I love soccer and was like, hey, Kenj, I signed you up for the soccer camp. I'm going to take you and we're going to go. I would have been like, oh, my God, like my dad gets me. Right. Like this is this is like the best thing in the world. Thank you, dad. Um but like I said, it was never things, it was always things that my dad was doing. So I got, I, I grew up hunting and fishing because that's what my dad did. And so when I wanted to spend time with my dad, I knew that I either had to go hunt, I was either going hunting or fishing with him, um, which I'm forever grateful for. Yeah, you like it. I love it. It's part of who I am even still today. I teach the kids how to do all of it. But it's interesting reflecting back on it as an adult because it was very... It was never, it was never my interests. It was always, this is what I'm doing. Kenj, if you want to come with me, then, you know, we're going to be out on the boat all day. So you might as well pick up a fishing pole, you know, and he was the best dad, the sweetest dad, heart of gold, truly. But it's interesting reflecting back as an adult, because it was never things that I really wanted to do. It was always like, this is what I'm doing. So So he never, even though, you know, he was drinking, he was doing his thing. He still got to know you, but he never got to know you the way that you wanted to be known. Yeah. Or, or. Or he, but well, he still played he soccer. Yeah, he, and he, he he would come to my soccer games and sure, but it was never the things that I wanted to connect with on. I mean, and this is again, this is just me reflecting back now as an adult on things that I thought was really were, that were like important to me back then. Um, he never really connected with me on, but but what's funny is you know maybe to him 
that was his way of connecting. If he would have been like, if somebody were to ask him those questions, he'd been like, oh, I know my daughter's favorite thing is fishing with me. Right. When really <laughs> I'm answering, well, dad, I really like soccer. And sure. so it is kind of like a catch 22 there. But um, like I said, it's just a different. I, I think what's cool about that though, is that it did show something that even though he drank on the weekends or whatever, and he was doing his own thing, you were still able to find a common ground and love and, and be able to do it. He didn't just lead you down some place. Cause you had a wonderful, really awesome childhood. wonderful childhood. Now I think about mine. And I think about the things that I did. I don't get it wrong. I, I raced their bikes and skied and all stuff that we're really good at and like forever will enjoy doing. Um, but those were the things my dad did too mm -hmm. when he was a kid, right? So as soon as I was old enough, five years old, he put me on a dirt bike. I didn't even know how to shift, Yep. right? He sent me out and raced. Like the first, I literally fucking was just a hazard. I knew nothing about it, but I grew into loving it and liking it. It's something that I still really, really, truly enjoy. But I, he, he started living vicariously through my brother or through me. And then and my brother, because my brother was a better athlete specifically those, well, with dirt bikes, he was better at racing dirt bikes. So when he, my dad wanted to go through him. So that's kind of what took them where they're at. And I think about being able to connect with my mom. I could never really connect with my mom because she hated my dad Yeah. yet. So the way that I would actually connect through with her, um, was, was through just kind of depression, right? Because sure. so I'd like, when you really look at it and then I thought, I think when I grew as I got a little bit older and moved to California and like, I started feeling like, I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the feel the way I feel the very energy that I would get from her or be around her was one of depressing and dark and I couldn't break it. I had to, so I, I, ended, I ended up in turn having hatred mm -hmm. in my heart and then just obviously other actions that put us where we're at. But the reason I share with you is there's no, there was no alcohol in my life yet by choice, neither of my parents know who I am. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a double edged sword parenting can be. And I, and by no means am I like, sticking up for your parents in any way, shape or form, because I truly believe that once you know better, you should do better. You know, you can't just use it as an excuse your whole life. Um, for the reason that, you know, your mom acted the way she did towards you or the reason that your dad acts the way he does towards you is because that's obviously they learned it from somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I just, what, what I cannot fathom is the fact that they pushed you away in a sense, because they never knew who you were. And then they still played the victim of like, oh, well, Mark is just like, they blamed it on you. And, and I just find that so disheartening because no, no matter how old you are, you're still their child. You know what I mean? There has to, there comes a point in a parent's life, whether maybe you're trying to mend a relationship with your child, just remember that no matter how old they are, they're still your child. You as the adult, as the parent, are need to be the one to mend the relationship. To literally, what would you do right now? This is hypothetically speaking. If your mom called you up, you probably wouldn't answer. But if she called you up out of the blue and, and said, you know what? I'm really sorry for never getting to know you. I know I've been done a lot of reflecting and I know that I didn't do a good job trying to, 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 to figure out who you were. And I had a lot of things going on that I pushed on you and I'm sorry. Like... What would you say? Well, I mean, that would never happen. It's but, never going to happen. But if but it did. Honestly, um, at this point in my life, what would happen? I would just say thank you, but I would continue to leave her block. Right. And right? and, and, and there are, and there's some relationships that are better left. Like just because you can make amends you. doesn't would, mean you have to be in, active in each other's lives. But I'm just saying. I would understand exactly. how hard it was for her to say that or to do that. Yeah. You know, like, like for instance, right? Like when I did my journey, we've talked about it many times. 
and I sent that text message to my mom and dad yeah. from when oh, it yeah, came I out, right? God, I sent I forgot the about message that. and my dad sent back something about calling my mom a fucking cunt. Yep. And uh, I, I don't remember to that degree, but it was a nice message about how I don't want relationships with them, but I'm grateful that they had me as a kid. Yeah. Like, thank right? you like, for being my like parents and giving for, birth to thank me. Thank you for giving me life. Like, yeah. you know, I, just, I went through this real transformative, like, journey, just journey in my life. And things are, I'm, I'm working through a ton of things that are, have been bothering me. And, um, I just wanted to say thank you. And then they re- ghosted from my mom and my dad sent back a shit fucking message about not being, it was just super negative, not having my mom in the, uh, the text. Don't text me and her and say, not far, far, far. Yeah. Like, whatever. Right. So y- you ask how it would do, like I'm at the point I'm just for me, and I know I, I get people to text me all the time, like, dude, are you ever going to fix a relationship with your dad? And, and you're, I'm, no, no. I, it's fixed. Yeah. It's fixed. It is fixed. And, and, and both Mark and I don't have I, any hate. That's the thing, right? Like, I don't have no. hate. I feel like you used to have a for lot. For sure. I had a ton how, of hate. I mean, how could you not? Like I said, you growing up the way you did, and you being a child, and growing up with so much hurt and so much pain and so much that you, that you grew up with um, and just wanting somebody to be there for you. The two people in your life that are supposed to be there for you unconditionally without a question, without a doubt have never been there for you. Right. Unless they needed something from specifically. You. Yeah. Maybe when I was little, I mean, I, I can't remember. It was like when I was a kid, little kid. So it probably was pretty sure. I, mean, I, but, I didn't die. So, but it, here's the thing. They weren't always, fucking here's the thing though tying like all this in together about why it's so fucking important to be a part of your child's life their whole life because if your parents actively would have engaged in your life and in your interests and in in what was important to you and reached out to you and asked about your family and whatever you guys may have a relationship still to this day but because they chose to ignore it they chose to when you started going off the fucking deep end and doing drugs and, and to literally just be like, oh, well, fuck him. He's got to figure it out. And then now all of a sudden you have the big business and now you're like, oh, that's my son. And it's just a, it was like a, a mess. Right. But they never took the time to figure or understand or to or to genuinely like love you. And that's really fucked up for a lot of people. I can't expect them to love me when they can't love themselves. Well, and, and exactly. Right? That's that's another big and, portion and where I sit. The seat that I sit in with helping men, like I, f- I clearly get what it is, right? Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's not a gen, uh, it's, it's not um, a genetic code or curse or anything like that. It's just parents choosing to fucking be absent. And it did start long before, although my grandma's a pretty good, she's, she's still hanging in there, yeah. but like, you know, she's, she's a good woman. She my, calls you still. She calls yeah. me still. She's out doing her thing. But like my grandpa, he was absent for my dad, yeah. my dad, my uncle and his two sisters, you know, um, I don't know what the rest of that family was like. My mom's fucking mom died early. My dad's or my mom's dad disappeared. So like they, they, you're right. Hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. And, you know, I look back at it and not that we didn't want to make this all about me or my thing, but like, the, the topic behind this conversation is you've got a chance in the ability today, whether you yes. drink or not That's drinking to say. know your family. And, right? in, and no matter how you grew up, you know, maybe you grow up with parents that neglected you and never showed you love and never paid, never asked your favorite color, never knew what your favorite subject was in school. You have the power right now as, as a husband and a wife, as a mother and a father to do that for your kids. You can literally be, you know how many times a day I get that I am a cringy mom I, I, every day, every Ew, day I cringe. walk up to, I'll say, I'll, I'll look at Jade and Bailey. They'll get up for school or they'll, I'll say, and I'll be like, wow, you girls look really beautiful today. Oh, and they'll be like, oh, cringe mom. Oh my God. Or I'll look at Bailey and I'll be like, man, I just love you so much. Thank you for being my daughter. And Bailey looks at me. Ugh, 
mom, that was so cringy. I'm like, well, I'd rather be a cringy mom and then not say those things at all to you. So they don't do that to me though. And I say, oh, you look so beautiful today. Oh, thank you. They do. Oh, they do it to just to aggravate me. I wanted to, I wanted to go back just when you were talking, I was thinking about my my life, not just my childhood, my life as a child. Cause I guess, I guess I am a child. I never look at it that way. Right. Like I yeah. just look at, I am me. I am Mark. I am fucking the one I am. This is, I, I built what's behind what's coming after me. I built, Yep. I, I built you. I built my mm-hmm. kids. I build this company. I, I pour into my people. I pour into everyone around me. There was a, a spot. And as a parent, I don't ever want to get here. So I'm very active making sure that these kids fucking know, like love trust and, yes. and know that they're supported by me. But I mean, it was difficult. I realized for me when it came specifically to being a son that I was nothing more than a paycheck, mm-hmm. a dollar sign. Yep. And it took me a long fucking time to wrap my mind around that. And then when I went deeper and deeper, I'm like, dude, not only did, because that's how I was treated, that spawned off into many other relationships and people around me. 100%. And it actually, what's interesting though, is because it, that's who I was. It actually drove me to go do more Sure. because when you have to figure out how to provide for more people yeah. and you don't get to keep it, but you still need to eat because you're a survivor, you start operating at a higher level. Yeah. So in a fucked up way, and we all know this, I've talked about it in my group all the time. I would not be who I am without them. Of course you wouldn't. Yeah. My life was not easy. Finance, growing up, I, t- I told you about the stories of the cars getting repossessed and we like just, you know, like I saw this thing and his life was, was what it was. And, I decided to do something different. My point of this topic today was to make sure that you can truly know your kids. I would say I turned out pretty fucking good. You did. But you also know the crazy shit that goes on in my head. It doesn't come without consequences and repercussions. 100%. Holy smokes, that's true. So like, yes, I don't fucking lie. I am who I am. I'm actually ultra vulnerable and ultra like share, share with the world. Like fuck off. Here's who I am. I'm hurting today. I'm not hurting. Like I'm just all over the place, but I am me. And I've accepted that about myself. I'm fortunate because I chose to do that. Many kids, friends, people I know that will, their kids will not do that. And you're fucking them up. When the reality is you can take the time out of your day to know them. I say this all the time. Um, I actually said it twice in my one-on-one conversations here the other day, but every time you fucking choose a drink, this is about alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you choose a drink, you are basically telling your kids to fuck off. Maybe not verbally, sure, but with your actions. Yep. If it's got to the point when you can't show up to a baseball game, a basketball game, a football game, a soccer game, a fucking creativity conference tonight i guarantee there's gonna be somebody drinking there or on the way to that thing like when you can't get to that point you are actively and with your actions completely letting your kids know that they don't mean shit and i watched that happen Mm -hmm. i watched men who just allow themselves to fucking choose alcohol and then to feel sorry for themselves their wife finally puts their foot down yep they're like no more can you do that and i was that guy yeah i wasn't a wife but it was it was you know, Phoenix's mom said enough is enough. It was the best thing she ever did for me. Yeah, for sure. Like she took him from me. And even though it was the long time she took him from me, but by her doing that spawned and sparked this fucking uprising inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I watched these men who are so fucking pussified, right? Like they're just fucking all out pussies. 
And they want to blame their drinking problems. They want to blame their work problems, why they're drinking on their wife and on their kids. And then when they, when they can't get a hold of it and they, they, the wife puts her foot down, they come begging. I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. Just, I promise you mean so much to me. I remember sitting in fucking in Florida. I, my mom was, I was, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but my mom was renting a house from somebody and like they had hid the booze. This is when I, this was before I came mm. back to, I heard the voice, right? They hid the booze and inside of this guy's house, I found the booze. I was like a bloodhound. I could sniff it right out and I'd be drinking it all. And then I'd be going down to this little pool and running a tab up. I didn't know this guy running a tab up on him and I would just be sitting and I had a flip phone and I'll be texting Sarah. Just let me talk to him. I need to talk to him. It's so important. Without him, I feel like I'm going to die. Like I was saying these fucking as things. As you're drinking. As I'm drinking. Yeah. As I'm fucking drinking. Taking my problems and I'm going to put them on a little four-year-old boy. Yeah. Grabbing this life raft. Right? And I know I went off a completely different tangent here about not knowing my kid, but the reality was the reason that the comeback movement was created was not for me. Although it is set to liberate me to find me freedom and it's done mm-hmm. a great job for thousands of men. It's done a great job for you. It's helped a lot of people. I couldn't do this for me at right. first. I did this for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I made a commitment to do it for him because he deserved dad. Not because I've got a cool fucking office now and another <laughs> office being built upstairs and guys working here and a great friend behind the camera and, and thousands and thousands and millions of people view our, our content because we just bought another house and not because of that shit. I didn't do it for that. I did it because he deserved more than me. Yep. I was a piece of shit. And I wanted to stop that. Like that line in the sand needed to be crossed. So when I tell these dudes that you could tell I'm talking about, I go into this place of darkness. I can Mm -hmm. see like the, I can, I, I can just see me literally fucking choosing alcohol over him. Yep. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why you're such a great dad now? That's, that's why I stand for what I stand for. That's why I lead those girls the way that I do. That's why those are my girls. That's why that is my son. I know that it's yours as well. Right? And I know there's other co-parents. I know what you mean, though. But those are mine. Yep. Because no one's going to protect them like I'm going to protect them. That's true. And it's not just protecting them. Protecting them doesn't mean that I fucking... You know, mm-hmm. knives, guns. It means that I get to know them. Yep. You protect them emotionally, physically, their well being, spiritually, yep. yep, financially. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. I guess I was just thinking about. I was just thinking about back there in Florida when I was literally thinking about writing the rights off to Phoenix. I know that story. But either way, what a fucking pussy. Well, I think, like you said. Everything come came full circle for you. You drew the line in the sand, <laughs> maybe quite literally since you were in Florida. <laughs> and now all of this is here. And now all these men and sometimes women are liberated because of how you chose to live your life. And I think that's really amazing. I appreciate the support. I do think it's great that we liberate those guys. But people often ask me, what is the coolest thing about I'm a comeback? The coolest thing is that the kids get their dads back. <laughs> coolest thing is definitely the kids getting their dads back. Like, it's cool that you can stop drinking. Don't get it wrong. Like I, I get it. Was it difficult to stop drinking for me? Honestly, no. Yeah. And I drank a fuck though. Mm-hmm. But it, did it take a lot of work? Yes. Yep. There's a difference between being easy. Yep. Right. And doing the work. It was, it was easy to make the choice. Yep. Doing the work was the hard part. Putting in the reps every day, showing up when I didn't want to 
standing for something when no one else wanted to stand with me, loving from loving a picture because you couldn't see your son, right? I was willing to do what it took every single day. And, and now you are such an amazing dad, which, which you always knew was inside of you. It's who you always wanted to be. But now we've gotten to the point with our kids where there's a school function, which Jade has this creativity conference where she gets to set up a table and she gets to do where she chose to present an athletic sport, which was basketball. She looked at me and she said, mom, I don't want you to go. I want dad to go. <laughs> yeah, but that's because I'm a letter run around, probably stop and get some fucking. <laughs> I was like, wait, you don't have a three point page essay. What are, what if people ask you questions? She's like, no, no you're stressing me out, mom. She's like, none of that's going to happen. I just want dad to go. I was like, yeah, yeah. okay, bye. It's going to be super fun. We got to go there tonight. I don't know if Phoenix is going. Um, so I want to do some call to actions for the guys, guys and mm -hmm. gals on here, right? Like, I think you should literally take the time. Um, one of the things we do every day is dinner. Yep. Uh, it's, it's been a little fucked up being honest because of your coaching soccer now. And yeah, but that's only on twice a week, right? We do have dinner together a couple times, yeah. but and I'm working later hours, but more often than not, we have dinner together. Or if I get home late, everyone sits at the table and we talk about how your day, yeah. what's going on in your day, spend that time to get to know each other. And then the best thing I think that we got going for us right now when it comes to kids is asking each other questions or then having conversations about them. And it's also cool when they ask questions about me, right? Because it. then they get to learn about me, like yeah. what makes him tick. And they like to try to set me up with these tough questions or like, <laughs> they like they're really going to get something out of me. <laughs> So take the, I guess what's the whole moral of this long ass 45 minute podcast we did today where we went all over the place. Uh, the moral of the story is real simple. The biggest fucking failure is not drinking. The biggest failure is not divorce. The biggest failure is not going to jail. The biggest failure is not knowing the fucking kids that you brought into this world. They didn't ask to be born. They deserve more and you deserve to give it to yourself so that you can give them more. I can say this from, from my heart because I was every dude out there choosing alcohol, choosing lies, choosing party, and choosing shit over them. So that's it for today's episode of the Comeback Couples Podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.